This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Now, clunky, inelegant, and takes up too much space. Hmm. Now, those are the reactions that motorists have about a new three-piece onboard unit that will replace the current in-vehicle unit. The OBU is a part of the next generation electronic road pricing system set to start in 2023. The OBU will come in two designs, a one-piece unit for motorcycles and a three-piece unit for other vehicles. The latter comprises an antenna, a touchscreen display to be mounted on the windscreen and a processing unit which can be attached beneath the dashboard. The Land Transport Authority said yesterday that installation of the new OBU will start in the second half of next year. Meanwhile, motorists generally welcome the new ERP system, saying that the distance-based charging seems like a fairer system and would encourage a more judicious driving culture in Singapore. Here to share more on the next generation ERP system and the OBU is the Straits Times Senior Transport Correspondent, Christopher Tan. Hi, Christopher. Glad to have you back. Hello. Uh, Chris, Hi, from the current one-piece IU to the new three-piece OBU, why is there a need for a clunky unit? Okay, I think there's been some attempt to make it as streamlined as possible. And that's why they separated the components into three instead of having one big one. You remember that uh, when they were putting out uh, trials, they actually showed us uh, some pictures of a one-piece unit, but that one was actually quite big. It so incorporated uh, a card reader, an antenna, as well as a screen. So probably they were attempting to, uh, you know, um, separate the, the three so that the one that sticks up on your windscreen doesn't look as bulky. But the result has been that it looks pretty unsophisticated when all of us are used to one-piece machinery like our phones, our iPads and our laptops, right? So, yeah, um, maybe there can be some kind of solution where, you know, it allows us to incorporate the function of the touchscreen onto our car's infotainment system. That's been one suggestion. And also maybe to hide the card reader into the glove compartment or something where it's not uh, impinging on, um, you know, knee space or, or any mm. part of the car which, you know, your knee or tie comes into contact with. And the antenna can be something that is pasted onto the screen. Something like that. I mean, all these are suggestions. Well, Christopher, we know that, you know, eventually... Um the charging system will be distance-based. Could you explain how the distance-based charging works? And do you think the charges, do they start once the driver, uh, you know, uh, starts the car or will it be uh, and it will, will it be a separate charge from uh, ERP? Okay, I mean, to, to answer the last part of your question first, mm -hmm. we don't know, right? Uh, the details are not out. What we know is that the distance charging part is not going to be anytime soon. Uh, for technical or other reasons, uh, we are not going to see this in the next few years. Uh, this second generation ERP is going to come out, we're going to start in 2023, which is two years from now, right? Mm -hmm. So distance charge will probably a few years after that. So we, are, we, might look, might, we might be looking at something closer to 2030, if anything um, uh, of that sort is to come about. Um, distance charging, um, as the name implies, um, charges you for the kilometers that you clock, the distance that you clock. And that's a proxy for 
the amount of congestion that you contribute to. Uh, it is a much sharper tool than the current static uh, ERP system, a cordon system, where you, once you pass a gantry, once you enter a cordon, you are free to drive as much as your heart desires. Uh, that, of course, is not uh, uh, very uh, effective, you know, in, in terms of congestion, because uh, in the city, you will notice once you get into the CBD, um, traffic uh, comes to a fall most of the time. Um, but when you have distance charging, then people will be more effective in their driving. They will plan their routes better. They will look, uh, think ahead of where they want to park. Uh, they may decide not to, to drive in the first place. They might decide to leave their car on the fringe and take a train inside the CBD. Chris, I just want to um, clarify. So the distance-based charging starts when the driver starts the car and starts moving. It's not like uh, the current system where you pass through an ERP gantry and then you get charged, right? Correct, correct. So whether um, it will start when you turn the ignition on or when the wheels start moving, mm. uh, that's still not clear, but the technology would allow us, uh, the technology that allows distance-based charging would allow all kinds of permutations. It might even allow them to charge uh, for the time that you occupy a space, a parking space, for instance, or uh, waiting by the curb for someone, because uh, technically you are contributing to congestion by waiting by the side, even mm. if you are not moving. Uh, so uh, that will be a policy decision, all right? Uh, but the technology to charge according to distance will allow them to charge all these things, waiting time, right? Uh, you know, uh, uh, even idling time, um, that would be good for, you know, uh, controlling uh, pollution also because a lot of, uh, whether you know it or not, it is illegal to leave your engine on uh, when, you are, when you are waiting by the side. Uh, so that would also allow them to enforce um, uh, idling, right? mm -hmm. idling infringements where you leave the engine running uh, when you're not moving. Well, uh, also along the same lines of you know policy decisions, do you think then that uh, car tax, oh, car taxes like road tax should be reviewed? And in turn, will all of this influence uh, a person's decision to buy a car, Christopher? Certainly, you know, in a lot of countries, um, people have access to a car, but they don't necessarily drive them as much as we do. Mm -hmm. uh, like for instance, uh, someone in Tokyo. Uh, if you reach a certain income level, you you, you get a car, right? Uh, but you may not use that car until the weekend comes about. Uh, and therefore on weekdays, you take the train, you commute by train and uh, the streets are pretty fairly uh, smooth flowing. So um, that kind of, that kind of um, uh, policy where they allow um, uh, congestion, right? To come to a point where people decide say, no, it's not effective for me to drive a car because I'm going to be caught in a huge jam. I'm going to be late for work or I have to wake up at 4 a.m. Or, you know, I, I'm not going to find parking or if I find parking, it's going to cost me an arm and a leg, right? So yeah. that kind of thing, they will decide by themselves and they will pull back and they will leave their car at home. But the access to a car, which is really a natural aspiration for anybody who reaches a certain affluent level, affluence level, uh, it's really hard for you to curb. You know, um, otherwise you might run into the danger of having a population where uh, young people, young successful people, uh, you know, uh, come up to a certain part, uh, uh, point in their career and they say, I want to own a car and they can't have it. And you might have an emigration problem. You might have a brain drain. You might have 
you know, a talent drain. Uh, you would not want that. Well, thank you so much, uh, Christopher, for your insights. Great insights there. Yeah. Always a pleasure to speak with you. Now, we were speaking My for the Straits Times, Senior Transport Correspondent Christopher Tan on the new ERP system. That was an SPH podcast by The Straits Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sbh.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times, The Business Times and Money FM 89.3.